we will not copyright or trademark that. Um, the, we do not have the rights to this at all. Please do not sue us. Thank you. Welcome to These Unprecedented Gays, featuring Joe Grinelli and Paul Smith. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and review wherever you stream your podcasts. Check us out on Instagram at TUGaysPod and email us at TUGaysPod at Yahoo.com. We hope you enjoy. Oh, there is a, like a little countdown. Look at that. I've never had a countdown. It's not by the <laughs> Have you seen the video of the guy doing the Snuggie version of no. that? No. Is it cool? Is Wait, it, maybe that's not it? countdown. Oh, maybe, maybe something it's else. Ego. Okay. <laughs> no, it's countdown. Is it? Five, and then she's got like all the different outfits. Yes. We are so close. I know. <laughs> do you feel? Do you feel like we are like we're one? <laughs> I feel like I have to step back. So, just for our listeners to know, we do have a guest on our show today. His name is Kyle Langen. Um, say hi, Kyle. I'm going to do my big introduction later, but after we get through the weekend. And mouth to mouth, but we're sharing a mic right now, and it's weird because we're so close to each other's head. And we're sharing is not caring. <laughs> I'm like, this is pre-COVID times. <laughs> I know. I, I don't think I've ever sat this close to you in my entire life, even though I used to sit next to you on chorus. I know. <laughs> so, how was your week? I saw that you are a public speaker now, girl. I know. A Toastmaster. Okay. Is that what it is? Yes. Well, so. Um, well, I'll get I'll get to that. So um, we had a holiday weekend. It was Memorial Day, and um, I took the Friday off. So I had a four day weekend, which I haven't had in a long time. And then my friends came down to visit. So my friends Rachel, her husband Tyler, and then my friend Bethany and her girlfriend Kelsey all flew down. Oh. And so they were originally going to land at eight on Saturday, but their flight was delayed for eight hours. Oh, yeah. And so it was part of the whole like mass yeah. like there was a lot of delays or whatever yeah. but theirs was an originating flight so they did everything right but they didn't get you know here on time so we were able to go around to like gas lamp we went to um oh, what was it some some place down there it was like the oh god what was the restaurant it was like the weirdest fusion because it was like shrimp and grits but like tacos and also like asian it was mm. oh my god so, something with a Cerrito, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, and so it was like it was whatever, but I mean, I was I was fine with it. So the um, the trip was nice to see everybody, and then I um, Monday did nothing, and what else was it? So for Tuesday, Wednesday, I worked, and then wait, say no, and then we did um, Pride Pride stuff. So then June started, and now um, it's the first of June. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah. 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 So it's the 1st of June. and um, You can talk about dates. <laughs> as Paul said, I am a world-renowned speaker uh, for my company, but not really world-renowned because whatever. Um, but so last Thursday, I got a, a message at work, and it was from a woman who's at the other site by Tori Pines. And she goes, hey, um, would you be interested in speaking at our Pride flag raising event? And I was like, what do I need to do? And she's like, well... Um, we're trying to like speak about inclusion and like diversity. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I was like, I can rally my whole department and we'll all go and like, it'll be a fun time. And so today I was able to give like a four minute speech or whatever about how I feel comfortable in the workplace and blah, 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 and like included blah, 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 and all that stuff. And so it was really nice though, because I felt actually supported and I've never felt that before. And in blah, a corporate blah, and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. 
<laughs> well, but like, I mean, I think you've talked about it where you have like kind of like a different yeah. voice at work. And like, this is the first time in my career that I've ever felt like I can be consistent in my personal life and at work. And like, it isn't weird. I don't feel like hesitation you know yeah so it was really nice and so that was oh. that was today and then everyone was like really happy and like encouraging i was like oh my god we're so happy for you gay hi gay <laughs> i should have started out with yeah that. you should have started off with that <laughs> no. but i did quote oprah so like yeah i saw that mm-hmm. <laughs> i couldn't i it was like four minutes i don't know how to upload it to instagram but yeah i was like it's hard i don't know do a reel no i think you can't even then that's i can't do a movie Maybe it'll be streaming on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my week. How was your week? It was okay. Yeah. That's Not it. a lot going on. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. That's <laughs> we had our uh, our son's thirtieth birthday. Yeah. Okay. That was yeah. Fun. So how was yeah. that? Where'd you yeah, go? It was okay. We went to Kettner. Okay. Yeah. They gave us a bunch of free food, so Ooh. that was great. Did you have the what are the little desserts? Uh, no, we didn't have budinos. We had buntinis because we brought those in. Oh, from uh, anything nothing but, but cakes. Nothing but cakes. Nothing yeah, but, I thought it was anything. But. No, it's nothing but nothing. Get it? Nothing but cakes, but nothing but cakes. I know. I get that. It's but I thought play. it was anything but. No, it's nothing but cake. Nothing but cakes. But it's the phrase. Tames, right? tames, tames. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're gonna get right into like our our what we love, what's giving us life. We're gonna go right into mouth to mouth. All right, so what's giving you life? I have three things. Three things, really? Yes. Okay. Well, so two, whatever. So I watched a documentary series called Three Mile Island, like okay. the meltdown at Three Mile Island. Right. And it was like four parts or whatever, and it's about this nuclear plant that almost blew up in Pennsylvania. Oh. And I was like, oh, this is actually really kind of cool, because my mom grew up in Erie, and so I watched the first episode, and I called her. I was like, where were you in 1979 when Three Mile Island almost blew up? And she's like... And they think I was in high school. And I was like, oh, but you were. Um, but so after I watched the first episode, I was like, I have no clue what nuclear power plants are. So then I went on YouTube and I became a nuclear physicist by okay. watching videos <laughs> on nuclear fission. Um, so that was one thing. And then the second thing that's giving me life is putting peanut butter in vanilla ice cream. <laughs> so <laughs> it's the texture. Because like... <laughs> So tell me, how do you? Feel? <laughs> so you really want to try that? Is that what yeah. you're you No. So um, it's just like nice because it like solidifies. It's so good. You know, okay. peanut butter. Yeah, I like peanut butter and I like vanilla ice cream, but not together. Together, it seems you need weird. To, you need to try it. Okay. You need to try it. Okay. So then the third thing that's giving you life, um, there's a cookie store called Uncle Biff's in San Diego. Right. Have you been? Because your friend, your friend works there. You've talked about this. <laughs> you. You're alluding to it. So, yes, Alana does work there, but I haven't seen her ever since COVID started. Oh. And so I was like, I'm going to go and see if she's still working there. Because I was like, I think that she told me she was moving back to Philadelphia to, like, be with family or something like that. Right. So me and my friends on Sunday, I think it was Sunday, we're walking around Hellcrest because I'm giving them the grand tour. And I was like, let's just stop by Uncle Biff's. If not, we'll just get some cookies. And so, like, we walk up to the entrance and I see her and I was like, oh, no she's still here. This is the best thing in my life. And so I scream, I like gay scream walking in the door and she goes, Joe, I thought you like left. And I was like, Oh my God. And so she's pregnant and 
I know. It's I, not yours, right? No, no. <laughs> I didn't get the deets. I'm going to go on Saturday because that's before she goes on maternity leave. Okay. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. But I was just so excited to see her. Oh, good. Because she's just my girl. All right. So what about you? Uh, I am only obsessed with one thing right now, and that is Legendary on HBO Max. Season three is out. And I am like living. Is it is. Aja, in it? Aja is in there in the House of La Beja, and they are not great. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's spoiler alert, they're not great. <laughs> and La I'm Beja? just like, yeah, that because it's like um they're iconic. It's a like that Pepper La Beja started that house. And so they have this long history, but it's just like Aja, I'm like, are you gonna jump off a box yet? Like, let's do it. Like, <laughs> come on, girl. But I love that she's living her authentic life through that so so kyle is there anything giving you life right now how can i top that (laughs) i mean i'm sure you've heard that before (laughs) what can i top that that? (laughs) is that no is that just me i don't know (laughs) didn't mean to assume I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm just really, I mean, not to be like self-promotional, but I just have been like really excited for this book that I'm here to talk to you guys about just because it's been like a lot, you know, a long time in the making. So All yeah, right. I'm just excited for that, really. All right. Well, then As let me go. Can. Yeah. Let's go ahead and introduce us. So our guest today is Kyle Langan. He is a writer, award-winning blogger, an actor, a social media consultant, lifestyle expert, podcast host, and an up-and-coming empire media mogul. And if you call now, you'll get two for the price of one if you pay shipping and handling. <laughs> I mean, so let's welcome Kyle to the show, everyone. Yes, hi. Uh, we, like, I know we don't have our studio audience, so we have to call. <laughs> Steve isn't here. He's in Anaheim. <laughs> so, um, Kyle, tell, so you're here to talk about your book, uh, which comes out um, Friday, June 3rd. Um, so tell us a little bit about this book and who you are and let all of our listeners know everything. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's so nice to meet you and to and to talk to you guys today. Um, I mean, yeah, kind of like you said, I, I, I guess I'm a jack of all trades in the media world because I have done a lot of stuff um, like, the, like that you mentioned. But most recently, I've been, um, you know, on this author journey. I, so this is this will be my third book. Um, and I'm really excited about this one because it's much more niche than the other two I've written. This one is, um, you know, it's celebrating pride month. So it's an all, it's an LGBTQ like erotic thriller. So it's very salacious, we'll say. And and it's called Confessions of a Callboy, correct? It's called Confessions of a Callboy. Yeah. And, um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's actually the first book that I wrote it's called uncharted waters and there's a very minor character in that book that becomes the main character in confessions of a call boy um and it's all kind of all about just kind of accepting yourself and your and coming out and kind of what that journey looks like kind of set in the world of male escorting so oh. yeah it's really good but yeah um so what made you want to write a story like this so there was definitely, I really wanted to write, so I'm from New Jersey, um, originally. Oh, and what, where? <laughs> where in New Jersey? I'm from, like, kind of south, like, by, like, Cherry Hill, West Deptford. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Andy, where are you from? <laughs> what exit? Andy wants to know what exit, because he's from Jersey. 
I'm not like a big turnpike person. Like, I don't really know. I think it's like. Is that a sex move? <laughs> a turnpike? I think I've done that once. Um, yeah, but more like south, like kind of like right outside Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Very cool. Philadelphia, yeah. Pennsylvania? Yeah. New Jersey's by Pennsylvania? Yes. <laughs> He's not a geography major. I'm so sorry. Oh, so no. you were saying you wrote this book because you're from New Jersey. So I wanted, and I moved to LA like 10 years ago. So, and I really wanted to write a story about moving to a different city and kind of like the reinvention that can happen when you move to a completely different metropolitan area and like the liberties that you can take and kind of re, you know, restart your life in a way. Um, I, I write a lot of like coming of age stories. So this kind of is like a coming of age story in its own way about, um, you know, but, but you know, coming to terms with your sexuality. So I moved, so I kind of imbued a lot of my, my cross country move like into the book. And, um, you know, there are some, definitely some parallels into everything that I write. So there's some, um, you know, and in this book too. So I just, and, and I'm really fascinated by sex work in general, just because it's like the oldest profession of like mankind. And now it's become so there's definitely still a stigma attached to it. Um, but I'm so fascinated by how it's become so democratized with like OnlyFans and everything. And I wanted to kind of, and you know, I don't, I wouldn't have the balls to like make an OnlyFans channel. So this is kind of the closest that I'm getting to it. Um, but I kind of just kind of set, set the story in that world. And I, I have friends that, that, you know, have OnlyFans channels and everything. And, and so some of their stories, I kind of like, commandeered and put my twist on in the book. So you haven't been paid for sex before. Is that correct? Oh, no. I have. I mean, no, you have. Yes, I have. So go ahead. What were you, <laughs> Kyle, what were you going to say? I, mean, I, I think there's like, you know, I guess like going out to dinner with someone or something like that, kind of like, and they pay for you. I don't know if that is kind of like the Well, then I've had that happen a lot. No, I've yeah, actually I had think... a cash transaction. For the sexual time. Yes. Oh, was it good? How much did you make? Like, or did you pay someone? No, I, it's a hundred. Girl, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you I, were like, it was 10,000 cash <laughs> in pennies. <laughs> make it rain on me. Ooh. And then I suffocated. Yeah, exactly. But I think I was actually talking to someone about this. And I think that it is, again, there's definitely like a stigma attached to it. But I think that most gay men have either been propositioned or proposed or been involved in in it in some way and i think it's not something that really anyone talks about um and so i think that you know a, one of my big hopes for this book is that it can maybe start a conversation around that and kind of not that my book is going to normalize it you know for everybody but you never know um, well, you never know but <laughs> there are but even just to have conversations like what you just said you know what i mean like i think that that it's the more people that talk about it the more kind of you know, destigmatized it becomes. And then how much of this book was drawn from your actual experiences, not necessarily the salacious parts, but just uh, in general? Yeah. So there are things, there's situations in the book that have definitely been inspired by situations that I've been in, but they, I kind of just, you know, exacerbated them. Um, there, there's this one scene, it's kind of like the one of the only like, this book is kind of like dark. Um, 
because it's such like a serious topic and but their one kind of like funny scene is and again like it is very sexually explicit so i just want to like tell everyone that but, yeah, are we talking uh, like a throbbing and gorged number <laughs> like oh, yeah. that oh wow There's all kinds of engorged throbbing wet throbbing and gorged okay. member dripping down his shaft yeah so that's it okay okay all right so, so you need a bottle of water when so you're you eating. <laughs> you kind of like come for the sex and then walk away with kind of like a meaning of um, self love and self acceptance. You come for the sex, you walk away with come. There you go. <laughs> it's very salacious. My boyfriend's out of town. That's why. <laughs> but there is um, the one kind of like funny scene in the book. It's like a scat fetish scene, oh. and um, and that was actually in like a proposition that one of my friends was proposed. Like a, that, they wanted to have this happen, um, or they were going to be paid to like be involved in that. And it's just so um, you know, it's it's definitely like on the fringe. So, and I thought it would be such a funny thing to not funny, but I thought it'd be an interesting thing to explore. And I kind of put a little bit of my sense of humor on I, it because it I told you about my scat experience, right? No, was like, it scattergories? <laughs> no but like the guy scatter, wanted to scatter hunt the what guy the guy wanted me to like lay underneath his glass table <gasps> so he can poop on top of it oh you wanted to poop he wanted to poop on top of you yeah okay so <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't mind getting paid to shit on somebody i'd be fine with that but it would have to happen in the morning after coffee so like you'd have to be awake early at like 6 a.m so that would also have to be like a good time to have taco bell Mexican pizza is back, <laughs> although they're sold out. Well, so have you, like, would you do that? What about you? So would you be paid? How would you feel? Not necessarily yeah. scat, but just. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, shit. Would you poop on oh, someone? I, I, I think that that's where I would draw the line, probably. <laughs> but, but I definitely have been, you know, asked, asked for situation, you know, to be in situations and to even, like, by people that were, you know, sometimes older and, and, and not, but, you know, and sometimes I'm like, oh, wow. Like I could have had a really like nice life if I had said yes to that situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Never like, why? It's never <laughs> too late. I think about that every single day. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> I think I'm aging out of the, uh, that category maybe, but. Oh my God, I'm already aged out. <laughs> no, there's a niche for everyone. <laughs> I think it's true. niche. Niche. Niche, niche. <laughs> okay. So, um, so when did you start writing this book? Like, when did you have the idea? When did you decide to start putting it to paper? I had conversations. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who had, you know, paid for escorts for in, for in the past, and I and um, and he was really kind of like secretive about it, but it was kind of divulging it to me. And I thought, wow. And then the, the title came to me, like, well, while we were having that conversation, but I didn't tell anybody. And I thought to, you know, just kind of drawing from experience that I've had, that my friends have had moving to LA and kind of like, and, and it all kind of was like a confluence of ideas. So I started to probably, um, I had it for like probably over a year or, or two but I started to really like outline it like, you know, late last or like, you know, last year. And then, you know, and your, and your first book came out like 2015, 2016, correct? So, yeah. So it came out the beginning of 2016, but the, it was like, I had like, I signed a three book deal to do these um, kind of young adult novels that were set in the Hamptons. And, um, 
and then the publisher declared bankruptcy. So it oh. all kind of like fell apart, which was oh, kind of shitty. Um, and then I had already had these two books written and I thought, well, you know, it's really hard to get um, books that have already been published, published by another imprint. Like it's just kind of like not oh, really done. Okay. So because they've already been like promoted and, and under a different, you know, under like Penguin instead of like Random House. Right. So I independently published, like republished them um, under my own media company. And then, uh, and so, and so now I'm kind of starting this kind of, um, and so that this Confessions of a Callboy is also published under my own um, imprint. Huh. Is it KJL Media? Mm-hmm. It, okay. How did you like, t- like develop that and how'd you get, like, do you have to like get licensing for that? Or like, how do you, how do you do that? So everything is through, you can kind of publish through, um, Amazon is like my, my, my printer, my printing partner. So you can, so the books are available exclusively on Amazon at first, and then they can be purchased by Barnes and Noble and all that kind of stuff. Um, like about like a month after they are on Amazon first. So did you plan to have this done and published and ready to go by uh, Pride Month of this year? Yeah. Is that what the plan was? And it was always in your idea to do that? That was your yeah, end goal? Yeah, so that was the goal because, again, it's so topical. And this is, like, obviously the prime time to talk about, you know, the LGBT. Sex. You know, LGBT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Particularly. Um, and then what I'm really excited about is I, cause I was like, you know, I want to at least kind of give back to this community. You know, I don't want to just like use the month as kind of like buy my book. Cause it's about get you gay stuff. You know, I wanted to give back. So I partnered with equality California. Yeah. So they're the biggest civil rights advocacy, um, nonprofit in California. And so a portion of every book. Um, that sold is going to them as a donation for the month of June, 2020. Huh. So it, I'm really excited to, to, you know, give back to, and it's, you know, if people want to make some kind of a donation, you know, buy the book, it's also going to a good cause. And like, have you worked with Equality California before? Is that why you chose that particular charity or just? So I, I was open, you know, I have, I have friends that um, are board members there and I okay. you know, really like the work that they do. And, um, and I think, you know, especially now with like the don't say gay bill that's happening, you know, and, and I think to having an organization that protects like civil liberties of LGBT people is really important, especially now. So, um, so yeah, they were a great, a great partner for this. Very cool. So I feel like you're personally a little more like demure. Do you think that writing this book was an outlet for your inner like darkness? it's really funny because I am a very, I probably have like my like press attitude on right now. That's why I think demure. Oh, get rid of that right now. (laughs) You need to get raw and real. (laughs) It's the real world. Well, I don't mind going. Like I really like kind of like nothing is off limits, but I'm much more like happy go lucky than in real, like as Kyle in real life than I, than this book would suggest. Like Hmm. this book is like very seedy and like dark and, and I'm like, where is this stuff coming from? Like, why am I writing about like, you know, scat play and, you know, glory holes and all the things that are in the book. And, and I'm like, wow. And I think, I it, aren't so, you, you know? 
<laughs> so I think, yeah, it is it definitely is a yeah. outlet to get all of that kind of stuff out. Interesting. Are your other books um, uh, less sexually driven or like the other two, are those kind of more vanilla? Like, well, I mean, vanilla with peanut butter, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, the first one is very much like the breakfast club meets gossip girl. Okay. And the second one is kind of like that too, but there is um, an orgy in the second book. That's, but it's oh, not yeah. as like explicit as it's as this one. It's kind of just like they take like ecstasy and like, all have sex with each other. That um, one's young adult. This one is not young adult. Wait, he said <laughs> no, no. So is the is the is the new book for young adult or for adult? No. Is it NC seventeen? Yeah, it, it, right. Yes. Or yeah. is that? A, I don't think that's a rating. <laughs> And yeah, M for or M for mature. What is a what's a book rating like? How do you rate it? It's basically well, it's different in different countries. So I guess Canada, there's like a it's like an over twenty, I think, is the the category for it. Oh. But um, yeah, but I would say this is like a rated R book um, oh to God. to make the film equivalent. But um, but I but I do think on that note, even though it is like very sexually explicit, I was like reading. When I I, I'm a, I read a lot as a kid, and I was like reading, um, like stuff that I shouldn't have been reading when I was like a teenager, or and like younger. And so I think that even though it, there is a lot of you know sexuality in this book, it does like it it could be for a younger reader because of the self doubt and the self questioning and the acceptance that that the book is really like about. Um, so you know, if you like find it on someone's coffee table, like your sixteen year old nephew or something, like. Oh. You can read it. I'll give it to my <laughs> nephew. Scandal. What about a four-year-old nephew? No, <laughs> that's not. I a don't guess. think he, can, I, he can't even read yet. He's Wait. fine. <laughs> Wait on that one. I'm next. Are there pictures in it? No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm ordering it right now. <laughs> so, um, how much of that part of it, like the the journey to discover yourself and figure out who you are and who you want to be, is um, taken from your own? experience in your life that is probably a bit more like semi-autobiographical just because i came out late like i was 24 when i came out and really didn't really start to question my sexuality until i moved to california so obviously there's a huge parallel just right there um and you know this the character in the book rick is his name he explores his sexuality through sex work because he's poor and he just like is hot and like if men pay him from pay him for sex and he'll do it and then he kind of starts to think like oh like maybe i'm not that resistant to this maybe i actually am enjoying this and discovers himself that way but yeah i um i was i was i came out like late in the in the spectrum you know in the broad kind of spectrum of things like um you know there's people that come out now they're in like middle school and that's i think that's such a cool thing to kind of be that self-aware you know because that yeah was my story so you talk a lot about like the Hamptons and your stories are based in the Hamptons. Why is that such a, um, a pull for you? And then how did that moving from there to West Hollywood or LA in the kind of inject into your writing? Yeah. So I went there a lot when I was a kid with my family. And so it was kind of like a place that I just kind of like romanticized because it was like, you know, just very tranquil and nice and like, 
you know, whatever. I just always liked going there with my family. Um, so, and you know, they say like to write good like, or to write well, write what you know. So that was something that I knew a lot about. So I, you know, did that. And then I started, um, when I moved to LA, I started a, um, a lifestyle website called Hamptons to Hollywood um, that I still maintain now. And so it all was just very like synergistic and like that branding of me as a writer about like the blog and the books. And, and so, um, and so, yeah, that's how it all kind of happened. And so, yeah, the, this book is kind of related to those other two, just while well, not a direct sequel. I have an important question about the Hamptons. Did you ever see Ina Garten in the Hamptons with her husband, Jeffrey? I mean, no, but that she's like my number one person that I like want to meet. She's amazing. <laughs> I mean, how bad could that be, right? <laughs> so you came out at 24, and then how yeah. did people react to you coming out <clears throat> at it that was, age? It was very like anticlimactic. Like people were <laughs> like, "Oh, okay, like that's fine." I mean, did like, they, they know? Did, did they know? <laughs> I asked. I asked that, and. They, my parents like didn't like didn't like they were my parents are artists too like they're like fine yeah. artists but, like they you know I grew up going to like galleries and museums and all the stuff so they were they don't really like care it was a very they didn't really care it was I was like you know putting so much I was so scared to to do it and scared to accept myself and scared to tell you know other people and and the whole thing as you guys probably know so it, but it was just very and I'm I feel very lucky i always like to say that i feel very lucky in that that was my situation because you know there's people that are you know kicked out of their house and you know disowned and never make stories so i got off kind of easy so um i'm gonna ask you la questions because i used to live in your downtown what part of what part of la are you currently living in so i just um bought a place in sherman oaks so oh. I just moved out in April. Yeah. Oh, so are you close to Crave? I don't know where anything is. <laughs> <laughs> are you off of Ventura Avenue? <laughs> like, are you I'm, off? I'm off. Why are you of... trying to get to this place? Good no, on. I'm trying to get a vibe of where he lives because it's like everyone that moves to Los Angeles who's gay lives in West Hollywood. They do the scene, they live their life, and then it's like, oh my god. So I want to know where he lives. Move to the valley, basically. <laughs> I I live off Coldwater and like. Um, like another you don't need to yeah. give your crosshairs because that was <laughs> yeah. well when you're in sherman oaks you have to go to this restaurant i don't know if it's still there but it's called crave and they have the most like random food items basically anything that you can crave and so like you can get like dessert mexican food like a, a breakfast like you can get anything that you want and like oh cool. okay yeah, it's, it's a good restaurant um and so then you moved from where to sherman oaks I moved from, I lived in West Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> did you, so did you move, like, did you move directly to West Hollywood from New Jersey? No, I moved to Glendale, which is oh. like, I put that in the book because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I didn't, had no idea of the geography of LA. I moved to Glendale and I, um, there, I was living with three other people. One of the people was like in his sixties. And then the other three of us were like in our like early twenties. So it was kind of weird. Um, and then I moved to Long Beach. Oh. oh. And then I moved to Marina Del Rey. And then I moved oh. to Hollywood. She has hopped all over. Where in Glendale? Were you by the Galleria? 
I was. For the brand? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Did you eat at, um, did you go to Rocky's or Porto's? <laughs> I li- I'm I, telling you, I wanted to know where you've been. I have still have yet to go to Rafi's, but I hear amazing things. And I have, yeah. I, yes, I've been to Porto's, of course. Okay. Those are my LA questions. I wanted to, Thank like, you. when I was up in LA and uh, for DragCon, I wanted to go to Porto's, but I was just like, the line was so long. Oh, was it? Is there one over yeah, near crazy. Convention Center? No. Where I was, was going to drive up to it, but. Oh, my God. And I will tell you that, like, Porto's is like, it's great, but like it's not worth the wait. They're like, <laughs> I everyone's like, oh my god, this like preserve. I was like, it's not good. Whatever the like the fruit thingy, the tart or something that everyone wants. Like other like, what's the sweet stuff? What does everyone like? That like raspberry something? I don't know. I don't know. The, don't go to Portos if you like Portos. Then good for you. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but get the potato balls because that's real good. Yeah, so yeah. I'm thinking that you meant to to move out to LA because you wanted to be an actor and right. So I, the, I, what I did, I, I have acted and I always like, like it and would entertain that again, but I went to school for journalism. So I kind of moved to LA to kind of pursue like entertainment journalism. Oh, well, so we, is there anything we would have seen you in? Uh, no. Well, the, he mean, has, he has two credits on IMDb. I looked, I looked this up. Is it eating out one? No, and eating out two. <laughs> no. It's um, one. One of it was called uh, "The Undertaker's Son," and oh, you yeah. played the lead. Oh, and then also um, he has a short documentary called uh, "A Day in the Life of a Drag Queen," and like that's a friend of yours named Butter, right? Yeah. So yeah, so I made that. That I, I was just playing myself, like I like being like you know it wasn't really it's a it's a documentary, so I was just being like my self time. I, I did a lot of I, you know, I've worked in journalism for years. I was like basically interviewing Butter, this drag queen, and it was kind of this was in 2018, so it was kind of before. I mean, it wasn't before like Drag Race was still obviously a thing, but it was kind of like it hadn't hit like the peak that it kind of is like at the crescendo of now, you know. So it was still. Um, so yeah, so we did like we just walked around like when we followed him around, or her around I should say, and you know performing and like he, he put me in drag and it was it was it was fun. I need to see pictures of this. What was your drag name? He, um, he named me Martha Vineyard. Oh, <laughs> oh because I have okay. <laughs> So, so. I was talking to my mom about Martha's Vineyard, and I was like, "Oh, like surely there's a vineyard there. There's no vineyard." Yeah. Why is it called Martha's Vineyard? <laughs> what? I think it just sounds pretty. It's false advertising. <laughs> I'm taking them to court. We're doing legislation or something. Litigation. <laughs> <laughs> legislation. Litigation. Okay. I'm a lawyer. It's fine. <laughs> so you were homecoming king in high school. Oh, yeah. How did you know that? Oh, don't worry about it, girl. She does her research. I do researches. She also knows your social, your date of birth, your your latest credit card number, and your passport ID. So were you popular in high school? Like, yeah, I I guess you must have been. I I was good. I, I... I did a lot of stuff. Like I played sports, but I also was in like the play and I was like the treasurer of the class. So I was like the annoying person that was just like doing everything. Um, so I had a lot of different friends and different, you know, social groups. What sports did you play? I swam and I played lacrosse and I ran cross country. Oh, damn. 
I know, right? She was busy. I know. I can't, but and I can't remember. They anymore. move cross country. Oh, yeah. You move cross country. <laughs> See? Yeah. All about cross country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, are you single now or are you in a relationship? I'm in a relationship, which has been not really nice. And um, yeah, we've, I've been together. We've been together about seven months now. So, just under a oh. year. How did you meet? <laughs> we met on a dating app. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I met my husband on a dating app like 10 years ago almost. So it's all yeah. good. There's nothing wrong with the 21st century dating at all. No, it's great. And I think it's kind of like how you people have to do it now, you know, unless you, yeah. Yeah. you know, after COVID, like people weren't, mm-hmm. you know, I was just telling my friend today that like, I think that we've like socially regressed as like a culture, like, I used to love like seeing people and going out and all this stuff. And now I almost have like a bit of anxiety, like social anxiety sometimes, which did, was not the case like before COVID. So it's, yeah, it's all about getting back out there. Well, see, we didn't like people before COVID and we still don't like people. <laughs> oh, okay. So we are, we're pretty <laughs> consistent. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I don't like you. Still don't like you. I wanted people to stay six feet away. I still want you to stay six feet away. <laughs> I know. This is very uncomfortable for us being two two feet. And I like him. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the people that you don't like? So now you also have um your website, uh kjlmedia.com that you help with like social media and consulting and yeah. stuff. Is that correct? Yeah, so it's kind of like it it can be kind of like it's probably confusing, but KJL Media is kind of like the umbrella company. So there's like a social media consulting branch. So I um, have a small team and we manage, you know, different clients, social media accounts and create content for them. And then there's the publishing branch, which where all the books are, you know, I write all the books under. And then there's the kind of digital media, which is like everything Hamptons to Hollywood related. So like any kind of, you know, influencer things or like review, restaurant reviews, anything like that is under there. So social media consulting, because I always get confused by that because I see a lot of people out there that do this. Like, so what does that really entail? Like on a day to day, like, I think you said you manage um, accounts and you post content. Like, is there other stuff that you do or like, what does it all kind of entail? Yeah, it's, it's basically just the day to day kind of managing of of different clients accounts. So like I have like a, like real estate agents that I work with and I'll go to like open houses for them and record them, you know, direct them, you know create con- creating content around like a listing or, you know, I, I have um, a medical spa. So like I'll go in and like film like Botox procedures and stuff like that. And, and then create the content out of those videos to post on social media to like, you know, brand them and get them more business. Interesting. And you have your own podcast. Is that correct? I do. Yeah. It's the Hamptons to Hollywood podcast. <laughs> Very um, unoriginal. Probably. <laughs> but um but yeah, I I still love like I mean if I could have like one job in the world it would be like a talk show host, I think, just because I'm so curious and interested in like the psychology of people and what makes them make the choices they do and um and just having like conversations. So I that's what I get to do on the podcast. I talk to I've talked to some like Oscar winners, which has been really cool, and like Ooh. how like a real housewife and um, now? Yeah. <laughs> which Oscar winners and which housewife? So I talked to the Oscar winner was a writer. He wrote oh. the script for Black Klansman because 
in that I don't know any show. writers. So. Well, I know you. <laughs> well, now. you know, you know him yeah. now. <laughs> I know one writer, yeah. and it's you. <laughs> but and then I, I just talked to Sutton Strack recently from Beverly Hills Housewives. Oh God, which one is she? She's the Southern one. She's newer. I don't remember. Well, I, I don't know if I've seen. I haven't seen Beverly Hills lately. I've been stuck on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So. Oh yeah. Oh, and you interviewed Jeremy Piven. And Jeremy Piven, yeah. Who's um, that? He was an entourage, and like he was big in like the late '90s, early 2000s for I movies. And I actually used to have a crush on him. He was, was he like, was like the thing in like the early 2000s for sure. Yeah, Jeremy Piven. And I was like, no. oh, okay, hello. <laughs> he's, won like, he's won like three Emmys or something. He's like, he was, he was. Yeah, for Entourage. Oh, this guy? Yeah. No shit. He was in Serendipity. Remember Serendipity? Yes. Was he in Big Fat Liar? No, he no. played like a bad guy in a movie. So what does the you building this brand, what does it represent about you and what does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I think that I I never wanted to like, or I didn't enjoy working in like an office, like just kind of for somebody else. And so I was always, and I like graduated college in 2010. So it, it was the like great recession like era so like no one was hiring like especially writers like no like they're like get out of here so from like my whole like professional like life i was always like hustling to like write like pitch an article to the new york times or you know start a blog or whatever right so i think that just kind of came with me and i can't really like now it's like ingrained in me i can't really give that up so i love um having control over like how much money I make if I don't want to take a client or if I don't want to write a book or, you know, whatever. Like I love having the, the kind of creative and um, of control over my work. So I just hope to grow it, like to grow, to grow each of those three branches, the social media branch, the publishing and Hamptons to Hollywood, just even more, you know, in the next few years. And yeah, just so just keep doing it because I think that's, it allows me to do so much, you know. And who likes to work for other people? Corporate America sucks. Yeah. I, <laughs> I speak from experience. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I'm curious about your involvement. So you say Quality California. What other kind of activism are you doing um, given your social media presence and kind of the influence that you do have? Yeah, you know, I used to do a lot of like volunteer, like I used to um, like teach like um, – like teach classes on social media to the city of West Hollywood. And like, um, cause you know, people would come in who couldn't really afford or didn't understand to, you know, about social media. So I would teach classes for free. And, um, and yeah, I've still like, I still have hopes about like maybe going like volunteering at like a soup kitchen or something like in downtown LA, like at the holidays. Like that sounds like something that's so, I don't know, just so nice and such a nice thing to kind of give back because, I do think that when you, you know, have a bit of, you've established yourself in some way, even if you haven't, it's still always just nice. It makes, nothing makes you feel better than, than giving something to others, you know, and especially if it's something so basic as like, you know, food or, or, I mean, you know, anything like that. So I still definitely would like to do more, but, um, well, you know, I think that working with, this organization for this month is like a good start. Well, and you said that your book too, you're hoping to kind of 
give that freedom to folks that read it, you know, and, and that. Yeah, kind of, and I think, yeah. and that's kind of, you know, it's not a direct way of giving back in terms of like volunteering in a soup kitchen or whatever, but I hope that like the stories that I create, even if it's just like a, you know, real on social media or about something meaningful, right? That it can maybe change someone's perspective or change someone's view on something and make them feel a little bit more seen or heard or understood. Like I, I like to do that through my storytelling in all the ways that I do it. Um, so yeah, I'm always trying to do that every day. So now do you have plans for another book yet or were you thinking about yeah. doing another, like a story in a different genre or staying in this one or. So I do, like I said, I signed that like three book deal, like back when I first, you know, did my publishing contract. So I did, I already have like the idea for the third uncharted waters book, the uncharted book. So I'll do, I'll put, I'll put that one out probably next year or something. Um, and then, you know, I, I think like having like a brand as a writer is really important. Like, you think about like, um, like Dan or what's his name? Um, Dan Brown. Yeah, Dan Brown. But there's someone else too. That or Stephen K. Rowling. <laughs> no, <Or> like, <laughs> you don't want that brand. Like Dan Brown. I don't know many authors. <laughs> like Dan Brown writes like you know historical kind of like thrillers. Um, Stephen King writes horror. Like so, you kind of really have to like stick to like one niche. <laughs> so. Mm. Um, so mine are just kind of about like coming of age stories. So I would like to do that. And I, I still, you know, I would like to write um, like a memoir, you know, about like I, about moving to LA, like maybe calling, like having a Hamptons to Hollywood book, or I studied abroad in Australia when I was in college. And it was like probably the best time of my life in, in, for so many different reasons. Um, and so I'd like to write about that, you know, so maybe kind of like do something like really about me in the first person. Um, yeah. So well, I always have like crazy ideas for books. So it's just all about, you know, doing it. Well, and would any of your current relationship uh, stories make it into a future book? Actually, that's another one. I was in like a kind of a, a very unhealthy relationship for oh, huh. like, I don't know, maybe like seven years or something like a long time. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a while. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that that's something not, not that not that people are in relationships for that long or unhealthy relationships for that long, but I think that an unhealthy relationship is such a universal thing that everyone kind of has tasted in a way. And I really, really want to write a book about that. And now that like my ex, we're, we're like very good friends now, like we've really moved past it, but um, but I, I want to bring kind of like the, I, I would like to tell a story about, about that because it's so relatable, you know? It's time to put the pen to paper. Oh my God. We're giving you all the ideas. <laughs> we'll take 50% of the commission and the cut. Thank you. It's recorded. So I mean, there is uh, objective evidence that we'll survive in a court of law. <laughs> so if, if your new book, uh, Confessions of a Cowboy, was made into a movie, Ooh. who would be Ooh, and then your follow-up question? Lead actors, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Too old for the part, though. Oh, would... oh. oh. <laughs> oh do not you dare! Don't you insult <laughs> Mr. Gyllenhaal in that way. He no, is... it's just oh. purely from a casting perspective because the character is like twenty-three. He turns twenty-four, like in oh. the book. 
<laughs> so I would, so actually the cover, I did an Instagram live with the cover model of my book. Yeah, um, I saw that. And yeah. he is hot. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very attractive. So I, <laughs> you know, he's kind of like, I don't, I have never seen him act, so I don't know. But, um, but I guess like in terms of a, a full-fledged like celebrity, I don't know. I would have to, someone like a little bit like, kind of Jake Gyllenhaal would be a great choice if he were a little bit younger. Well, then maybe you should write another book where he can fit the role. Okay. I think that's <laughs> probably your next one. Or or you could have a flash forward book about the guy who's the main character in the current book and his life after whatever the book's, you know, finale is and then Jake can, you know, swing on in and uh go from there. That's true. That's is idea. there going to be an audiobook was my question. There is. <gasps> um did so you record do, it? Yeah, I do the audiobooks. So it's very um you know, you really have to, like, it's, again, it's extremely sexually explicit. So it's just <laughs> so funny to record, you know, these scenes where there's like, you know, come involved and all this stuff, right? So it's just very funny. But yeah, I, there will be, and it'll probably be out in like a month. Did you do all the voices too, like different voices when you were doing that? <laughs> no, don't do that. I actually, so the first audiobook I did, like one of the characters had a British accent. Oh no. <laughs> did oh you my God, do your British accent. accent. We want to hear and your British I, accent. Well, if you buy the audiobook, you can hear like a half, I like really half-assed it. And then I didn't do any voices for the rest of the book. <laughs> Everybody else was American, just that one character I mean, was British. I, I have follow-up questions on how you got into the role for your audiobook. Like what kind of things were you doing behind the microphone? Oh, well, I like know the story like so well, but actually like when I was writing it, I was like, oh my God, maybe I should like watch like porn or something to like really like put me in like the place of like, you're getting into the headspace of, of the content of the book. Um, but yeah, cause you, you know, there's sometimes I'm just like, I do not feel like attractive or like sexy right now. How am I going to write this like glory hole scene or whatever, but fake it so you make it there you go yeah. yeah so now will your next book be like confessions of a porn star so your character then gets into porn jake yeah i think i'm going to well i will see, i'm i'm curious to see because again this is a, a bit of a departure in terms of like than anything i've done before so i'm curious to see how this one sells and okay. if it does well, then like I would totally be open to. I haven't really thought about what that would look like yet, but I've also wanted to do maybe kind of like if it does sell like a an anthology of like short stories of um, gay erotica, also. And then outside of the um, wanting to discover who you are and everything with the character in your book, how else will the reader relate to this character, and will they even like this character or not? So that's actually a really funny question because someone reached out to me on TikTok and he was like, I, I ordered the book. I read it, you know, he read it. He was like, I read it in a day, which was great. Like, that's kind of like the intent that like you can like finish it on like an airplane, like to New York or something. Oh my God. Um, he was like, I, I like couldn't put it down, but I don't like, I didn't love the main character. And that's, I don't take that as a criticism at all because 
I don't always agree with like that that people should love the main character of a movie or a book or anything. I think it's kind of like um, inauthentic. Do you know what I mean? Because we don't like you guys. You just said you don't like a lot of people. <laughs> like there's a lot of people that we <laughs> that in, as as people like we don't like, and so I I really want to kind of normalize like writing about like prickly characters because um even if you don't like them you still he's still like you can still see yourself in in that and I think that maybe is like triggering for people and and everything so I I like writing about characters who are a little bit not just like the hero you know what I mean that are are more real and more authentic well also people will their own experiences inform how they're going to take the book and how they're going to respond to it. And that is totally valid because that is their experience with that. Right. You know? Yeah. So I don't ever like take any, I'm, I'm so always interested in in feedback. Even people don't like it. I'm, I'm interested to hear, you know, why they did or they didn't because, um, because yeah, it's so subjective. Like art is so subjective. So it's not really, I don't take it personally or anything. Well, I mean, I'm going to give feedback because we loved having you here. <laughs> and and um, feedback by Janet Jackson. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but, it is Pride Month. But so everybody can go out on um, Amazon and purchase Confessions of a Cowboy starting June 3rd. Uh, yeah. And then... Uh, what what are your socials and how can they find, find out you. about you and find you and learn about you? Well, and, I know he lives on the corner of whatever and whatever. And, and, and then he was a homecoming king. But there's more to you than that. <laughs> and he's going to be frequenting Crave and Sherman Oaks. <laughs> That's right. You need to go today. Yeah. I don't care what you're doing later. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, it's dinner time. You can do it. Yeah, yeah. come on. Um. On, on social, on Instagram, I'm on everything. I'm Kyle J. Langan, so L-A-N-G-A-N. And then I have an Instagram just for my um, my writing. Just It's Kyle J. Langan writes at the end. So either one. What is it? Right? Oh. So oh, what about, <laughs> and is that the same on like TikTok and yep. Twitter yeah. and Facebook Kyle and, J. Langan. and Truth? Or whatever. What's Trump's? No, no, he's the hot <laughs> truth. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Imagine if, can you please get a truth? This, no, this is how you need to do investigative journalism. There you go. You have to go undercover. I think you have to right. pay. For your next book, you're going to have an ex-Trump supporting gay porn star that Jake Gyllenhaal will play. Oh my God. I bet he would be interested in that role. It's very, very <laughs> he rare. told me just now. What was that? Oh yeah. He said yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you're not writing this stuff down. We are giving you gold here. Yeah. <laughs> it, the gold rush might have been in whatever year it was, but it's also now. <laughs> All right. So be- before we go, we have three quick fire questions for you and we'll okay. answer with our own stuff too, but oh, like crap. We have to answer you that? have to, but you have to be first right off the top of your head. No thinking okay. about it or anything. All right. Okay. So the first one is, what is your most played song so far this year? Um, I was very obsessed with the Little Nas X soundtrack last year. So I would, that's the only thing I can think of right now. Soundtrack? What soundtrack? His album. Oh. Like the album. Whatever. I was like, what? He was in a movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Country Road soundtrack to like, what, what movie would that be? Yeah. <laughs> 
So what about you, Joe? What's your rain on me? Oh God, still it is still number one. It holds true two years later. Okay, and I've yet to hear it in the club because I don't go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Mine is "Decide to Be Happy" by Mr. Wives. Okay, I like Mr. Wives. I like Mr. Wives. They're a good band. They're a cool band, and if you like them, you might also like. um, There's a group called Surfaces. Okay, they do this really really cool. Yeah, it's like very cool, um, like brunch kind of island vibe kind of sounds. Ooh, yeah. Like tropical house. If you like that, you should check out my Spotify playlist called Is a Vibe. Just okay. let me know. <laughs> it's got good music taste. Good so, music all right. What would be your sachet away tagline on Drag Race? Oh, my God. I don't know this. I have no idea. I... I don't know what to say. <laughs> I feel like that's a hard one to, to go. What's yours? Mine is, well, shit. Okay. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I don't um, know what mine would be. I don't think I'd have, I don't know. I wouldn't have one because I would win. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's a good answer. Thank you. Okay, Family Feud, good answer, good answer. <laughs> All um, right. Yeah. Oh, he's thinking. Oh, he's thinking. No, I I Oh, okay. Oh, I was like, the, ham- the hamster wheel's turning. <laughs> All right. So last one. What fried food best describes you? Oh, my God. That's a great question. <gasps> oh, um, I think oh, I could have – I think fried chicken is kind of like one of the, my favorite foods of all time. Like, it's just – it's even when it's like not that great, it's still like okay, you know, it's like never terrible. Um, so I don't know, maybe fried chicken, and that describes you, even if it's bad, it's just okay, <laughs> it's never terrible. Yeah, that didn't really hey, you know much. what? This is a safe space, you're good. <laughs> I mean. Hey, shoot low, aim high. I don't know. <laughs> Under promise, over deliver. There you go. <laughs> or, no, I, I, I'll say. It's so good. I'll say because. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That was a dumb answer. I'm it's so okay. Smart. You you dug your grave, and that's fine. You <laughs> dug did. your grave of grease. It's good. What about you, Joe? I am a donut because you can't just have one. Oh, and mm-hmm. you got a big ass hole. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. Huge, huge, hole. and it's crusty. <laughs> um, I think, I think mine is uh, deep fried butter. What? Because I'm delicious, but I will burn the roof of your mouth, and you'll clog your arteries. Exactly. No, I will, oh, I will burn the roof of your mouth, and then it will kill you. Exactly. <laughs> and Paula Dean loves you. There you go. <laughs> So, and just so you know, Little Nas X could probably do the soundtrack for your movie when they make your book into a movie. <gasps> so, you know? I do, if you love Spotify soundtracks, I do, for every book that I do, I do a corresponding soundtrack. That's why I said soundtrack, because it was like on my brain. Um, uh, and I did take one of his songs from that album and put it on my soundtrack. So, should they read the book while listening to the music? If you can concentrate on, I was just gonna say, how do you do that? I can't. That's hard. But you could. I do like. um, I think it's like a good idea to listen to the soundtrack first, and then kind of like get into the vibe of the book, and then read it. Is the soundtrack readily available on Spotify right now? It is. It's available right now on Spotify. Oh, what's (laughs) it called? called? Oh, James. Uh, Confessions of a Call Boy. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Any explicit? (laughs) 
Do I need to have parental guidance to, to listen to some of the music? No, it's all, the book is the only explicit part. The music's pretty fun. Oh, you mean there isn't a WAP? No, oh, I should say that there isn't, all the artists on the soundtrack are all, are all LGBTQIA. So, um, oh. so there's no like, so Cardi B could not. Make you got a cupcake, cupcake on there? No. Oh, RuPaul. Maybe I should have, maybe I should have um, checked with you before I made it. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you, do you have RuPaul? No, I don't have RuPaul. No, RuPaul. Well, because oh, I also, it also needs to be like moody enough for the book. Do you know what I mean like? Which song by Demi Lovato do you have on there? Cool for Dancing the summer. The Dancing with the devil is that a new one? No, I think that's on the last one. But it's so, kind of like heavy, you know. Yeah. See, now I'm a media consultant, so now you have to hire me because. <laughs> yeah, this advice isn't free. You'll get a bill. <laughs> I, I'll be your curating Spotify playlists. <laughs> Great. And I'm your idea person and your direct link to Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Guys, we're a great team. There you go. Someone told me I had a salesperson voice. I, oh, forgot to tell you that. Like, I'm selling my car and a woman like was like, oh, just give me a call. And I was like, hi, this is Joe with the Kia Forte. She's like, are you a salesman? I was like, girl, no. I'm a compliance manager for a biotech company. <laughs> Somebody told me I'm like, I have a nice voice for radio. And I'm you like, do. are you trying to tell me I'm ugly? <laughs> Wait, is that a is that a diss? Because I have a face for radio, but like they she said saying, that. No, she said I have a voice for radio. Yeah, we. Hello, we're on a podcast. Of course, you have a voice for radio. <laughs> well, that's right, everybody. <laughs> well, I just want to thank Kyle Yay, for being on for our podcast. Us. We really appreciate it, and thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Mm-hmm. You're busy scheduled to be here with us and moving too. Like that's a lot, you know. Yeah. I thought he already moved, or are you in the process of moving? Well, I mean, I just ordered awesome. my last piece of furniture, so it'll it should arrive in a couple of living spaces. Jerome's. I mean, he's not a lesbian, so he has to. <laughs> oh, I am. He has to order his furniture. He can't just bake it. Oh, is that I, you know? I guess that's what the regular folks do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, Kyle, yeah. and thank you, thank Joe, you. and everyone. Have a great week. Thank you. I know. Thank you, guys. Special thanks to Andrew Smith and Nick Stone for producing the show. If you like us, please follow us at TUGazePod on Instagram and visit us online at TUGazePod.com. You can find us anywhere you can stream podcasts. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and let us know topics you'd like to hear. And always remember, stay safe, stay classy, stay sassy, and always stay a little bit trashy. See you next week.